This is Tech Talk for Accountant Show, where we discuss the hottest topics, tools, apps, and trends in the accounting industry. This show is sponsored by Rush Tech Support, who is offering all listeners of the show a free IT audit so you can know whether or not your business is at risk of being hacked, having a data breach, or getting fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for non-compliance. You can schedule a free check at rushtech.online slash podcast. And welcome everybody to another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I'm your host, Andrew Lassis with Tech for Accountants. And with us today is Joe Woodard. And I'm so excited that we were able to get you on the show and and coordinate everything. Uh, Joe, I've got the formal bio here, but how about you give a, um, a background 3000 foot view to the people that are not aware of who you are? All right. Well, it's great to be here. And the 3000 foot view of, of me and my company is we empower small business advisors to transform small business through education, coaching, community and resources. And I'm on your show because a lot of that transformation takes place technologically, especially with the technologies in the back office, those things that are connected to general ledger solutions like QuickBooks. And we'll we'll go from the 3000 foot view and we'll we'll get a little little closer what are some of the the big things that are happening in Joe Woodard's world as we speak say in the next couple weeks okay well we have in Q4 we have several of our coach programs where we have a school of advisory and our school of advisory has 10 week courses around disciplines of advisory We have several of those starting up coming in October, as well as a 10-week course on how to bring technology modernization to your bookkeeping practice. We call it the ideal bookkeeping practice and how to leverage technologies to increase productivity in your accounting practice. So we have that one coming up in Q4 as well. And then as you know, Andrew, we have Scaling New Heights coming up in Fort Worth in October. It's our flagship program. And this year's event will be the largest gathering of accountants and bookkeepers, not just technicians, but of all accountants and bookkeepers on premises in the country. Fascinating. And how long have you been doing Scaling New Heights? We've been doing Scaling New Heights for 13 years, or this will be our 13th conference. This will be the 13th. And Mm -hmm. what did it look like last year with COVID? With COVID, we were small. It was COVID, COVID edition of Scaling New Heights. Uh, But we did have a hybrid event last year. It won't be this year. It'll be back to all prim. But last year we had uh, two times as many people join us remotely as joined us on premises. But there's an interesting fact. And of course, I can't make any promises because I can't control nature. But just so happened that of the 300 people we had under the roof last year, which was very small for us, uh, not one attendee and not one sponsor rep contracted COVID. We did a lot of contact tracing we're confident that we would know if they did. Well, there you go. Attend Scaling New Heights. There is zero chance. <laughs> no, no, you can't COVID. say that, Andrew. You <laughs> can't say that. That's how I'm. That's how I'm interpreting this. Is it just means you can that come we take in October, precautions, right? <laughs> there's no risk at all. Oh, see, you there come you in with go. the mask. You burn it. There's a I can channel my in internal lawyer going. <laughs> I can hear my lawyer in the back of my head going, "Shut him up! Shut him up!" <laughs> <laughs> So, but we do try to keep you safe. There's the moral of the story. 
Yeah. So in discussing technology and how it relates to bookkeepers and accountants, what are some of the, the obstacles that you see time and time again? I mean, you've worked with thousands of them. So what are some of the commonalities you see of issues that they all seem to be running into, or at least a 80, 20, a big chunk sure. of them? Well, there are two really big ones, Andrew, we see. And the first one is technological and the second one is not technological, but it impacts the technology. So the technological one is the rapidly shifting landscape. Just as soon as you think you've got this thing down and it's not easy to get it down, vetting, deployment, employee training, stacking technologies together, you get it working just so. And you realize it's sort of like buying a high def television. You finally get it in, hang it on the wall, and it becomes obsolete the second you hang it, right? That's what's happening in the whole world of technology, as you know. And, of course, if you're embracing cloud-based technologies and you have really good partners you picked, well, then those get updated and you just sort of are along for the ride. You know, like is what happens with Microsoft. You're very familiar with that, right? You're along for the ride. All the innovations just get loaded to you. And that's why the cloud is awesome. But it's not just about what solutions you pick. It's about the nature of the solutions that exist in the space and how revolutionary those solutions are and how scaled players like Microsoft will disrupt what you have put together. We have firms that are Google and Slack that are realizing they thought they picked something that was going to be the market leader for the next decade. And they're quickly realizing how good Microsoft is or remains, right? Because they've always been good at being second mover. They love to take other people's innovations, come in second and make them better. Excel, Word, you name it. And this is what's happening with Teams and Slack. This is what's happening with SharePoint and Google Drive. And this is what's happening with the entire universe of small business. And it's just one example. And you live in this world, you know, it's just one example of how you can finally build your house and then realize all of a sudden, You've built in the wrong neighborhood. Now you've got to move. And um, and so if if the landscape can stop changing, then we can stabilize. But first, it's never oh. going to happen. <laughs> Just and second, stop changing. You don't want it to happen. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a and I had never thought about it. You know, it, I've I learned so much from the guests on these shows and the when we had started eight years ago our foundation was Google everything, Google everything. And we've been running on Slack and just as, as we got bigger and had more and more clients, everybody office 365. I mean, that's, it's pretty, actually, I, I'll, I'll retract that. And we were joking beforehand about not editing, about editing (laughs) out mistakes. We do see a fair amount of, of um, Google, but, in general, though, mm-hmm. most people are on team Word, Excel. Yep. There it is. So getting getting people and most people, I don't even think, understand SharePoint and things like that. I think more people are familiar with Drive. And that's that's yeah. how I've always described it to people is it's Google Drive, Microsoft version, because I mean... It is what it is. Sure. And like, a but I was giving you one example. And if you're a Google head in here, I don't want you to think that I'm saying Google's going to go away. I'm just giving an example of how there was a clear winner in the market. Now there's a not clear winner in the market. Um, and, and with the shifting technological landscape, it's almost like you have to reinvent yourself every three to five years. So that's 
one big challenge they're facing. And as they're advising small businesses, that gets translated out and multiplied in the challenges that they're facing when they advise small business. Now, they don't advise them like you do. They're not cloud managed services um, or of any kind, but they do manage the back office technologies. And again, that changing landscape. Now, the second really big one, since you asked for, for a couple, is the capacity of the firm management. No one has capacity to be intentional or proactive because they're so overwhelmed with compliance. They're so overwhelmed with client emergencies, most of which are manufactured by the client, but nonetheless, they exist. And then with the COVID crisis, we not only had to experience as professions, bookkeeping and accounting professions, the full weight of the epidemic uh, pandemic on ourselves and our families and our businesses. We also had to caretake all of our clients through two different ways of the CARES Act and all the economic impacts that took place in their lives and an elongated tax season that still isn't over, right? You've got six more days as we record this in the, in the corporate income tax realm. And then you've got the personal. It's in one of the heaviest extension periods in the history of income tax preparation. So capacity inside and outside of a pandemic's always been a challenge. Technological landscape shifting, another big challenge. And I would say if you want to address the capacity challenge, it's it's a surprisingly um, simple but not easy answer. And that is to increase your price. And, and I'm not saying do this willy nilly. I'm not saying do it irresponsibly. But if you can come up with a pricing plan that is strategic, prudent, well thought out, and then use that plan to increase price to a correction of what price should be, because most accountants have a price to value discrepancy, correct your price and, and, and do it in waves so you can mitigate risk. What you will almost always find is a net increase in revenue because some 10, 20% of your clients will walk, some 80% will pay disproportionately more. So you will almost always see an increase in revenue you will even more likely see an increase in gross profit and you will always see an increase in capacity. Then resist the temptation to just fill that in with more client work, use that capacity to navigate the shifting technological landscape. And it's one of the topics that we've, we've talked about on the show a lot, but I think it's something that, I mean, really a lot of, a lot of professionals and not only in the accounting world, but, just a lot of professionals will struggle with the idea of pricing. And, you know, it's when, I'm sure when you've done consulting and you've recommended to people saying you should, you should raise your prices. This will, this will be the byproduct of raising your prices. And I've, I've spoken with people and had similar conversations. So, but it's like, well, I can't, I can't sell. I can't raise my prices because my clients, they'll never pay that. You don't understand. My situation is different, which is which is a, a another way of saying like I am afraid. What if there is rejection? And I mean, I've personally lived that. I look at how much we we still have our first you know client zero 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 one. He is still paying a stupid low. The 
if if somebody in my company sold anything as low as our first customer is paying because i had a very very skewed concept of what my value was and what the service we offer what the value was in it nobody in my company we we don't even kind of discuss he he's three times lower he pays three times less four times less he pays four times less than the lowest we can possibly go on like the bare bones nothing and it's not to say we're just gouging our prices and raising them crazy it's on the other side of we were just pouring our heart and soul into doing everything and then after year one of and i was working it was just me in in the first year a couple people here and there but we'll, we'll just say for simplicity just me and I was working 14 hour days and I net like $3,000 at the end of a year, all weekends I'm working full time, 14 hour days, killing myself. And and then I'm like, oh no, 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 people, they, they won't pay more money. It's like, yes, they will. And yes, I, they absolutely will. As a matter of fact, I was just coaching somebody today because uh, we do a lot of one-on-one mentorship over here at Woodard Institute. And I was coaching uh, a practitioner, sole practitioner, had just launched her business in her home. Now, she's an experienced bookkeeper, but had just launched the business and had taken on a lot of clients. She did that same thing. Let's just take them on because any client's a good client. I'm trying to build up my practice. More money is so, more than zero. Exactly. And we, well, yes, but unfortunately it's not because of the gross profit, the net income, right? So, right. so you end up paying money and investing in other people's businesses. And so she got caught to that downward spiral. And so we eliminated a tremendous number of her clientele. I mean, just cut it down by about 60%. Now that in her case, that worked with her operating capital. And then we, I, I said, I want you to put a bar on it. I don't want you to take any client, even if it's just simple cash in cash out record keeping nothing under $500. And that's a month. And that's simple cash in cash out record keeping. You're doing a bank wreck basically every month, once a month, and they know where they stand 12 times a year, two weeks after the fact, that's 500 bucks a month. And she, you know, so of course I got the same thing, right? No, 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 no. no but my competitors, man. this, but they won't pay that. And I said, well, the worst thing that could happen or the question to ask yourself, and this is what I want all the listeners here to hear. The question to ask yourself is, not will they reject me if I go up on the price. It's will they stay if I don't, because you don't want the second one, right? So go up on the price and let them walk. That's the lesser of the two evils. As a matter of fact, it's actually got a greater good because it creates that adaptive capacity. So the rest of my story is she got brave. She got extra brave. And so the other place where she listened to me is like, don't bundle it together. If you inherit a mess, don't fix the mess and then absorb the cost over the first two or three months of bookkeeping, fixing somebody else's mess. Quote separately to clean the mess up, then start 500 minimum on the price. Well, in her case, she quoted about $1,500 to clean them up and $650 a month just to do a bank wreck a month. And they said, yes. So they, the right client, the non-fee sensitive client will say yes. And she sent me an email and, and the subject line of the email was nailed it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And the, the truth is 
those non-fee sensitive people, it I found for us when we started going through this and raising our prices and going through this exercise that you're discussing, it almost forced us to get better because we still had that kind of imposter syndrome idea going on where it was like, well, we last week we were charging this much and now this week we're charging this much. And, you know, we, we positioned it correctly and have a good value proposition and, you know, you lose some, but you keep most as, as you would describe, that was our experience as well. But when we got, when we started raising our prices, one of the byproducts that we hadn't really anticipated, but just what sort of came as a result of it was if we are going to position ourselves as the best, the premium, yes, there are cheaper. Yes. You could get very similar if we're just looking at the compliance piece, right? Like in accounting, like if you only want a simple bank rep, bank rec, there are a million people that can do this and maybe we're not the best fit. But once we took it to that next level of you were expecting this, we know that you need this. We are going to deliver a whole new world that you weren't even aware of that does exist. But, you know, we're getting into the consulting side and the cleaning up other people's messes side and everything that you're describing. I wish I was having this conversation eight years ago, just like bang it into my head. It's like, remember, well, I wish you I were- could talk to me eight years ago, too, because <laughs> right. I used to do the same thing. But I love what you talked about, about changing the narrative, because in changing the narrative from a narrative of I'm like my competitors to I am unlike my competitors, that differentiation by itself is not enough. But differentiation with relative value added is everything. So what I tell bookkeepers is that if you can if you want to break the paradigm, if you're overly concerned about the competitors out there and how they're setting market price and commoditization, Simply offer something, be the Disney World to everybody else's local theme park. And the way you do that in the bookkeeping world is by offering what very few of your competitors offer. And we're going to bring it back now around to technology. By leveraging technology, you can operate above your normal skill level. Disciplines like cash flow projection, tools like cashflowtool.com, will make you look super smart in that area. They attach to QBO, QBD, and now you can monitor cash flow, or rather the software monitors it. As an MSP, you have software monitoring your client systems, right? But you pay, you charge for that because you're watching the software that's monitoring the systems. It's like being a security guard watching the cams. Right. And, and so if you know what to watch for and, and how to set the alerts, that's a skill set. To sit down every couple of weeks with the client, every week with the client, tell them what their cash position is projected to be six to eight weeks out. And no one listening here can tell me that's not valuable to a small business owner. Of course it is. And here's the cool thing about it, Andrew. They don't have to change their brand. Anybody would go to their bookkeeper and say, a bookkeeper giving me cash flow projections feels organic. But they would also say, I don't know any other bookkeepers that do cash flow projections because there aren't that many. Another great category, technology driven, is accounts receivable analytics and bad debt expense mitigation. Now, the tool on this one is really cool. It's called Tally Street. 
And on, if you attach Tally Street to QuickBooks Online, it will give you accounts receivable analytics on your clients' receivables. It'll help you to monitor alerts of when clients start to become past due, but it's predictive. It will predict which kinds of industries based on the client's past payment patterns with that client or the vendors, uh, customers. It'll tell how you can expect to have bad debt or not bad debt or what the projected time payment table will be, uh, what your risk is. And you can help your clients to get a short-term cash flow bubble while helping them to mitigate long-term bad debt expense. And that's, uh, and that, that's again, organic. It's germane to the bookkeeper's role. And then another technology-driven one is a, fi- a meaningful financial conversation. Now, I do not say financial analytics because it's not. And I don't say fractional CFO because what I'm talking about here is not. Do I think bookkeepers can get there? Yeah, we have a school of advisory, as I mentioned earlier, but it's 300 hours, all right, uh, to, to, to master true advisory services. We do have the 300 hours. We encourage everybody listening to come join us on that journey. But in one day, you can learn how to have a meaningful conversation with the client. And the, the meaningful conversation is still very astute, operating capital, current, quick ratios, Uh, liquidity, solvency, and key measurements in their financial information they need to be paying attention to that we all know they don't. And you can then use that same meeting to go to your super comfort zone and just have the client ask you anything that's beneath any of the numbers because they can answer that off the top of their head or with a quick double click in QuickBooks Online. So if you do that monthly meeting with some cash flow projections, some, some accounts receivable analytics, you let the software do the driving. And that software I failed to mention was myadvisor.ai on that third one, myadvisor.ai. You let the software do the driving. You look really, really smart. And now, now you're not just a technology-driven bookkeeper because technology makes you faster. That's important. You're a technology-driven bookkeeper because technology makes you more effective. And that's so much more important. And that's kind of like one of the, I don't know if arguments the right word, but people will say to us, well, you've got the software doing all those things. It's blah, 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 you know, this and that. And then I like to equate it to, you could, you could have the handyman or the contractor and you know, they've got the same hammer that I have, but they are a lot more skilled with that tool and understand the proper ways to use it. Or if you look at my golf game, I could blame the clubs and equipment as much as I want, but I have a feeling if I gave my equipment to a tour professional that they wouldn't be complaining about it or blaming it because they are better at using the tool than I am. So even if I spend more and more on the better, better tools, if I don't understand how to properly use them, it's not going to give me the edge that I hope just, well, let me buy this software and now everything, now I can do that person's job all, all on my own because you need to understand what all these things mean. And, you know, a client comes to you and I will shit. This was my stupidity of seven years ago when I got QBO for the first time. And I was like, you know, the technology is pretty smart on this thing. I think I'm just going to accept all. And so all the categorization of the last three months 
my book, I didn't know what reconciling with books. I knew nothing. I was just like, accept all. And then when I went to do my taxes that year, it was my first year with that uh, CPA. And he had said, Andrew, every year I get one atomic bomb return. <laughs> this year it's you. <laughs> Well, that's an award you don't want. Yeah. Well, well you know, and, and, and I'll it. even go a little step further to say that, yes, you cannot get what you hoped out of it. I could buy the tool and not be a builder and I could not end up using the tool properly to create the same impact. But it could even get worse. I could hurt myself with that tool. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced I live in Georgia, you live in Florida, and I'm convinced that in our area of the country, you should have to have a certification to shop at Home Depot. Um, it's pretty scary out there what people can buy and then take home. <laughs> so, and I don't know how it is in the rest of the country, but Georgia and Florida, maybe you need that cert. But, you know, all joking aside, you know, you buy the chainsaw, that's great. You know, can you cut the tree down? Problem one. Will you cut your leg off? Problem two. And so, so to keep the client from hurting themselves, but also to advance the client forward, it takes you in the role. Now, but I want to stress something. You don't have to be a master financial analysis expert or an MBA or even a CPA. All you have to do is know how to use the tool, which for bookkeepers, if I was going to train a business owner how to use cashflowtool.com, it would take a week. And then they would be still a little bit confused. If I want to teach a bookkeeper how to use cashflowtool.com, it takes less than a day, right? So, so you, a lot of the knowledge you bring to the table, it's probably about 90% of the lift. And being able to leverage those tools to be able to provide the value to your clients. So you're delivering at a higher level. And if your clients are able to recognize that you are delivering at a higher level, you're having conversations you know, if they are talking to their friends saying, well, you know, I was having this conversation with my bookkeeper about my cash flow projections and things like that. And then other people say, well, my bookkeeper doesn't do that. My bookkeeper just clicks the button and tells me good job or bad job. And if they talk to you at all. Yeah. Yeah. If they talk yeah. to you at all, and, unless you have a sales tax notice or payroll tax notice in your hand. So yeah, my, my bookkeeper only reacts to the things I throw at them. Right. My bookkeeper never calls me for anything proactive, right? You're absolutely right. The word of mouth then begins to kick in, right? But you can always judge the power of your story by what would it feel like on a billboard, right? So we, we train bookkeepers, but as far as our consulting firm goes, we're all about the people that are, have outgrown QuickBooks and need to stretch it. So we have inventory control systems, barcoding systems, shipping logistics, e-commerce, EDI, you know, all, the, all of those, those warehouse and supply chain management technologies. That's what we do here at Water Consulting Group, which is different than our advisory coaching program. So, so I, I'd ask myself, because my daughter just started a new school and they had the little squares at the, you know, on the sign in the stadium. And I thought, Hmm, you know, those cost X, but I get Y result. What would I put on a sign like that? And my sign would say, are you outgrowing QuickBooks? We can help. Now, if my sign said, do you need bookkeeping? We can help. Just, you know, crickets. Right. Cause there are 500,000 bookkeepers in the U S right. So, so, um, 
and bookkeepers and, and tax preparers that do bookkeeping. That's 500,000. So, so, but if I say, are you outgrowing QuickBooks? We can help. How many business owners are st- sitting in those stands thinking, you know, we're really too big for that product. Okay. So for this audience, I would say, what would you put on the billboard? Do you know where your, your what your cash position is going to be eight weeks from now? We do, or we can, right? Um, you know, or your, or your client, you have clients that never pay, we can fix that. Do you have customers that never pay? We can fix that. So whatever your narrative is, use the billboard standard. And now you have something unique, differentiated, highly valued, and back to the first part of the conversation that breaks the price anchor. And when you've differentiated yourself, and I mean, you know, this, this is like peeling back the layers, just where, where we're at and like how this translates to what you're discussing. So a, a company named tech for accountants, we do not get calls from lawyers, doctors. They're not interested in a company with that name. And I mean, if, if we were just straight generalists, and we've got like tech for accounts, like the DBA rush tech support is the, you know, overarching the, the parent company. Right. But when we double down and tech for accountants, there's no question who we serve. When I say to a prospect, all of my technicians have certifications in cybersecurity from the AICPA. If I said that to anyone, what's that the was AICPA? Not, That's what they were saying. Yeah. If I said it to anybody that was not in this very, you know, niche market, I mean, it's a large market, but Mm -hmm. if I say that to a lawyer, it means nothing to them. Right. But I say it to the people that I am specifically working with and it means everything to them. Even if that person's not a CPA, even if they're a bookkeeping practice, they respect the AI. Exactly. So you've got them, right? Exactly. And, and a bookkeeper will read account it and they'll self-identify with that. So you're good. You're exactly. Solid, right? Exactly. And we have tons of, of bookkeeping, even, you know, the, we, we literally have someone that used us before she got her first client, just wanted to make sure that, that the foundation was correct on everything. Ironically, she niches with lawyers or that was, that's her, her, um, her messaging, but the, when we're talking about the pricing piece of it, when you have differentiated yourself and you can speak the language of the client and describe their problems better than they can, they understand, Hey, this person gets it. He's not trying to talk circles around me, try to confuse me and then hit me with a big bill. This person is speaking the exact issues that I am feeling understands what my problem is. He's giving anecdotes of other customers that he has helped that look, walk, talk, act exactly like me. And very, very rarely do we get the, oh, you need to do something about the price. It's usually either, okay, let's go. Or it's, that is a price that I am not comfortable with. And then Okay. They, they will talk just themselves the into it or they're not the right client. Exactly. But you exactly. get into the capacity bit. And before it was, well, let me see if we can, we can move this we around. Can make that work out. Let, let me, me go see. Yeah. Let me go work some weekends. Cause I just must have you at the wrong price well, and we get exactly. ourselves into a trap. 
Exactly. And I think everybody kind of maybe when they start, if, if they're coming in from a solopreneur, you know, in their house type deal where they just haven't had the experience of growing and scaling a business and working out the logistics and seeing the consequences of being everything to everyone. And then the backfire of when people want you to be everything possible and you can't do that because everybody wants you to be everything. And then people leave because you aren't everything it's just a vicious else. spiral, and right? So then you get you get churn and you could be losing the good clients. Whereas when you're dictating and and not a you do it my way or the highway, but when you have that position of authority and you let them know this is how we do business. And you know, they can they can fit into the box that they need to fit into so that everybody gets the best, you know, the best value, the best everything. But we've, we run into that where the client, all right, we'll, we agree to everything except I don't want to be paying for this piece of your package because of reasons X, Y, and Z. And, you know, and then they want to unbundle, right? Right. And, right. And, I know, want you to bundle, but a, other, <laughs> the other day I went to a steak restaurant, a very, very, very nice steak restaurant one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life, but even as good as it was, I had filled up on bread. I only ate three quarters of it, only needed three quarters of it. I did not ask for a 25% discount, <laughs> right? So you may not need everything I'm going to put on your plate, but the price is the price. And, and, and it's not about, and this is really what it comes down to, Andrew, is the client is always going to take a position of your effort equals my value. And we have to break that paradigm and say, my effort does not equal your value. My effectiveness equals your value. And if I'm doing knowledge work, I could sit down with you for one hour. And depending on what I say and the relevancy of what I say, the applicability of what I say, um, I might increase your wealth by $10,000 in a single hour. So let's forget about time and let's start talking about measurements of effectiveness And then to get the client to break the idea of cost plus, you you get them thinking about if I don't engage you, what will it cost me? Right. If I don't engage you, what is the opportunity loss? And once we get an ROI into the mind of the client, if you engage me, I could increase your wealth by as much as fill in the blank then all I want is a percentage under the wealth that I'm generating. Let's start talking price. If I can mitigate $20,000 in bad debt expense for a client over and above the bookkeeping I'm doing, all I want is 20% of the bad debt that I mitigate. All I want is $4,000. You get to keep the other 16. 16 And then if the client wouldn't have, which you wouldn't have. Yeah. And the client says, well, let me go to some, let me go to some other bookkeeper and they'll get me that bad debt expense mitigation. I'll say, yeah, try find one, right? They don't exist. Right. And if you find one, they're not going to be anywhere near you. And by the way, they're not the person doing your book. So why would you even shop around? And they're probably going to have a similar conversation with you. So how about you keep the 16,000? I'll keep the 4,000. So roughly what, 350 bucks a month or so. I'll keep that. You, and and we'll, we'll straight line it. 
And then, but, but it's not that I'm going to wait and see how much bad debt is, but it's 350 bucks a month plus your bookkeeping. Okay. In this model. And then they might say, but what if it isn't 20,000? What, what, what if I pay you that $4,000 a year and you only, and you don't save me the 20,000, then I say something like, what if I'm only half right? I mean, you've seen the predictive analytics. I mean, 20,000 is a fair number, but what if I'm only half right and I only save you $10,000? So now you've paid me four, you've kept six. I charge you 6,000 a year for bookkeeping. I just became free across the board. That's your worst case scenario. What do you have to lose? We just, we've got to flip the script. And I want to come back, I want to come back to the theme of the show, Andrew. You can only flip the script if you start thinking of technology in terms of effectiveness, cash flow projection, accounts receivable, analytics, bad debt expense mitigation, meaningful conversations with clients. You got to flip that to effectiveness, not just your efficiencies, and a whole new world of price opens up in front of you. And I think if people, I think a lot of people haven't experienced it and then they'll ask for suggestions or recommendations from their peers that also haven't done it. I've, this is why I, I left all of the IT groups on social media because it would, it just, the, the advice and the collective voice, you know, everybody on social media is allowed to just talk without having, without having to give like, here are my results from it. So, mm-hmm. you know, or even this, my facts, right? Right, yeah. right. To have so, an opinion with no information or experience is American, right? So right. <laughs> they're just reflecting America. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty dead on. But I yeah. I see it so often that it it's just like the collective voice is always going towards the middle of the road. So if yes. you take everybody else's advice that is in the collective circle. So all bookkeepers saying, should I offer this service? Blah, 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 blah. And then everyone will say, no, 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 stay in your lane. Be the best bookkeeper you can be charged based on, on this, the this convoluted pricing algorithm that has about four sheets and an Excel workbook, those things. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like, that's the way we do it. That's, and, mm-hmm. but if you're trying to differentiate yourself, then then you shouldn't be listening to that. I mean, everything's within reason, but even when we started working just exclusively with accountants and I would talk about it in the groups, they said, no, that's bad because look how busy they are during tax season Mm -hmm. and the bookkeepers leading up to tax season. You're not going to be able to get any sales in those months. Like, yeah, but what about the other ones? Like there's, there's other months when, is it possible that the other months would be maybe bigger and just ride the seasonal wave with your niche. I mean, as somebody who services construction, if they don't experience the same thing in the summer months, you ride the seasonal wave with the niche. And, and so, and I think a little bit of their, their apprehension, Andrew was, was that they don't understand the antithetical nature of market penetration. That if you narrow your approachable market, you expand your business. And that's why Starbucks doesn't sell hamburgers, right? Because you narrow, you narrow the approachable market and you explode the business. So we only work with accountants and bookkeepers too, 
in that whole division I talked about on one side of the fence, that's all we do. On the other side of the fence, we only work with wholesale distribution and light manufacturing. So we, we have people call us all the time. I need to stretch QuickBooks, but that's not what they are. Well, we refer them, right? So, but we're exploding on both sides of the fence because we know what we're about. We have expertise. That's part of our brand distinction. And we understand the antithetical principle, narrow the approachable market and expand your business. It is crazy too how the the deeper you go with it, then you start getting, especially in these these types of industries that are built on a lot of trust equity, because you know when it comes to accounting and bookkeeping, your client knows this much, and they cannot discern how much more you know than they know. All they know is you know more than them. Therefore you're an expert, but that also means that the knuckleheads that don't really know anything are placed in the same category as you because you know more than the client. So in these trust equity situations where it's, I'm going to do business with you, Joe, because I trust Joe knows what he's doing. And I don't have a way to be able to tell whether or not he does. He knows more than me, but I trust you. And so the more trust equity you built and the more that people see you and recognize you, the more that that's built up, the more comfortable people will be, the more willing they'd be able to do business with you. And if your price is a little higher, you know, it's kind of like the theme of all of this. If we're coming down to, if, if you just look at yourself as a commodity and I am just like everybody else, then you have to compete on price because you don't have a value other than, well, here's my compliancy services. See ya. I'm just another, I'm just another bookkeeper. I'm just another accountant. And you know, if, if that's all you want to be, you know, you, you are allowed, you're entitled to, to be that. But then if you're on the other side saying, Oh, it's, you know, this, this uh, market is so tough. It's, you know, we're getting beat out by the QuickBooks, uh, quick, the live bookkeeping so cheap. And they're, they're really getting us on all the low, all, all the low paying clients. And it's like, if you're losing to some, to the race, to the bottom, maybe you should look at, maybe you're running the wrong race. Exactly. And I've got a race on Saturday and I will be doing a good, a good job. <laughs> Hopefully you'll be running the right race yeah. and it can't be the race to the bottom, right? Yeah. It's yeah. gotta be, it's gotta be a race to distinction, differentiation, increased effectiveness, modernization, standardization. Um, you, you, and, and, and better profit and pricing. So run the right race. And, and I just keep coming back to, you can't in today's world run the right race until you are on the bleeding edge of technology. And focusing on having the right technology. And, you know, we had talked about it earlier, how it's always changing. It's always evolving. And I mean, we just get beat down with it all day, every day. And geez, you know, every, every other Tuesday or every other, the second Tuesday of the month, Microsoft releases all the updates. And then the next Wednesday, it's all broken. It's all broken. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or of course, a form of job security, right? But it just says that yeah. everybody talk about staying in your lane, right? One thing I'm not encouraging accountants or bookkeepers to do, most of them, is what you do. 
cloud managed services, um, IT, CIO, just like I would not encourage you to go install back office automation technologies around accounts, payable automation and payroll and sales tax, right? If everybody, and that's what I love about these technology plays is they're categorical. They, the changing technology landscape, once you learn how to navigate the landscape, it is job security. And you get to partner with people who are in different lanes, right? I'm not in the lane of the bookkeeper and accountant. We do no QuickBooks consulting. We only consult on the stretcher products. We do no bookkeeping. We only consult on the stretcher products. So if I and you and a bookkeeper all walk into a bar, sounds like set up for a joke, right? We could transform the bar, right? No joke, just effectiveness. So, so pair up with people who have complementary technological skill sets to your own and go be transformative. It, it, it doesn't maybe take a whole village, but it sure does take a little corner of a village. I love it. I think that's a great place for us to leave off. Joe, where can people find out more about you and your conference and your, your uh, services? Well, it's just my last name, woodard.com, W-O-O-D-A-R-D. Com. Don't go to woodward.com. I've never even tried it. have no idea where it goes, but it's one W woodard.com. And uh, you can find the scaling new heights conference under our education tab. But since it's called scaling new heights, there's a URL shortcut scaling new That'll straight take you straight there at woodard.com. You'll find our school of advisory, the power days. We have a power day training on accounts, receivable analytics and bad debt expense mitigation on that meaningful client with the conversation with the client and on cash flow projections. You know, everything's lining up with what we talked about, right? And um, so whether it's our institute or it's our annual conference or a lot of our free offerings that are out there, a podcast, we even have a reality TV show where we did walk into a bar. We walked into a bar with a point of sale expert, a QuickBooks expert, and an IT expert, we transformed the bar and we filmed it. We filmed it. It's actually one of the bars that was on TNT's bar rescue. We filmed that process and created our own uh, reality TV style documentary of the transformation. And then we turned it around for season two and did it with a docking company, the lake uh, just outside of Atlanta. So the, all that stuff's free. It's called Tech Makeover. We have a podcast, we have free webinars. Uh, it's all available at woodard.com. Fantastic. Well, Joe, thank you so much for being on the show and to everybody listening. If you're interested in IT services or curious if whether or not your system is as good as your friend's brother's cousin, who's a real whiz with computers, told you that it is, we offer complimentary audits so you can fact check the uh, the alleged expert. You can go to tech4accountants.net with the number four. And Joe, thank you so much for being on the show. It's always great to be here. Thank you for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. Be sure to subscribe if you like the show. And remember, if you would like a complimentary IT audit of your business, go to rushtech.online slash podcast to schedule a time with a certified technician who can look over your current IT systems and make recommendations on how to make sure you and your clients are safe.